Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Nancy Wang, and I lead the product management team for AWS Backup. And I'm excited to be joined here today by uh, Jason Pavau. Jason? Everyone, Jason Pavau, Senior Solution Architect with Rackspace. Really excited to be here today to talk about AWS Backups. Awesome. So a couple of things that we're going to cover today is overview of what are backups on AWS. Um, second, introducing AWS Backup, which is a service that launched in January this year. So we're still very much in the process of bringing out new features, functionality. Don't want to spoil the surprise because we'll have a special section of the presentation later today dedicated to new items that are coming up in the 2020 roadmap. And of course, some of your favorite topics, which is, wait, what are backups for, right? They are meant to keep your data secure, keep your business compliant. Um, and so we're going to demonstrate how we have architected AWS backup to be both secure and compliant for your business. And then I would take, uh, turn it over to my co-presenter, Jason, to go over some demos of most common use cases that you as an enterprise customer would do with AWS backup. And then last but not least, I'm sure everybody's favorite section, which is what is coming up in 2020? So new features, new functionality, and then we'll open it up to Q&A. And here's some of the related breakouts. So I know it's uh, Thursday, like Jason mentioned, so you probably have already attended a few of these chalk talks uh, with another PM on the AWS backup team, uh, builder session with our principal engineer, uh, Steve DeVoe, and a few others that are related, um, for example, uh, disaster recovery, data archival, um, tape backups, S3. And so all of those form the ecosystem of what is data protection on AWS. So moving over to backup on AWS. So to start, um, why do we have uh, backups on AWS? I guess next slide. Uh, Sure, so when stuff breaks, right? Um, thank you. So when stuff breaks, right? how many of you guys have had this happen, right? Deleted a file by mistake or my server crashed, what happens next? Well, that's the point of backup. As your data is changing over time, the purpose of backups and data recovery is to prevent data loss with as little RPO as possible and also with as little RTO as possible. So when you're trying to retrieve your data, it's a very seamless and also efficient process. What this means is as a service team, things that we think about when designing new features are how do we balance cost with recoverability? Because as we know, and from this uh, song I'm gonna borrow from the early 2000s, time is money, right? We all have a lot of things that we need to do in our day-to-day -day jobs, whether it's answering business applications, you know, building new business logic, running the business. And so our motto and mission for AWS Backup is to make data protection as seamless as possible and something that takes as little time as possible. And so taking you back into how have we thought about backup models as a paradigm is back on premises you'd have different uh, disparate services like catalogs, tapes, index servers. And so those are very traditional within your on-premises data center role. As we started the shift to moving to cloud and with hybrid cloud um, paradigms, 
we started to see more of our customers who continue to have an on-premises data center footprint but are increasingly moving those backups or sending the archives of those production workloads into the cloud, right? So by show of hands, how many of us currently archive our data to something like S3? Right? I expect a, quite a few of you, right? Because I definitely got those questions at the AWS booth over this past week. And so where we are moving with AWS Backup, you know, as um, all the way to the right, is with a truly cloud-native model which is when you have your production workloads, you know, your EBS volumes, your EC2 instances, databases, managed databases like Aurora and RDS running on the cloud, how do you make sure that you extend that um, data protection to those workloads as well? And that's really where AWS backup comes in. So back to the future, right? So what do backups really look like in a truly cloud-native world? So we launched, and by we, I mean AWS Backup, launched in January 2019 to backup across five different AWS services. So starting with EBS volumes, storage gateway for those folks who want to write on-premises data into a storage uh, gateway volume, elastic file systems, so folks who have lifted and shifted their NAS into a Linux-based file system, as well as databases like DynamoDB, and also RDS. So those were the first five resources that we started to protect um, during launch. And so three of our core tenants are centralized monitoring and security, automated lifecycle policies, and the ability to operate AWS backup across multiple services. And so here are just some of the uh, features that you might see as well as experience with AWS Backup. Uh, things that might seem very familiar to you if you've already come from the traditional on-premises backup paradigm. So things like tag-based uh, backups of resources. So a lot of our customers, they use tags on their, let's say, EBS volumes to make sure that they can differentiate which volumes goes towards which cost center for billing purposes. Centralized backup activity monitoring and logs. So what happens with, if I want to see, hey, did a backup job succeed or fail? I can go to CloudTrail and check that out. Automated backup scheduling. So I want to take uh, weekly backups of my EBS volumes. However, I want to take daily backups of my RDS instances. Will allow you that flexibility when you create a backup plan. Automated backup retention management. So how long do you want to keep your backups? So one of my favorite questions that I got this week was, what is the longest retention policy that I can have with AWS Backup? My answer is unlimited, infinity. So as long as AWS is around, you can keep your backups with us. Lifecycle backups to cold storage. So a lot of us have uh, TCO considerations, so you may not always want to keep your backups on warm storage. So we'll also help you figure that out as soon as you create a backup plan. How long do I want to keep my, let's say, tier one backups on warm storage before I lifecycle that to colder storage, which makes more fiscal sense? Backup access policies. So, of course, RBAC, or role-based access control, a very core tenet to many of the backup uh, software and providers that exist out there. So how can you make sure that folks in, let's say, your finance department right, don't access the backups that are taken by your legal department? So we'll provide some of that logical separation via our IAM policies. 
And then lastly, backup encryption, because that's really what we're all about, right? We want to make sure your backups are secure, are compliant, and they're also encrypted and only able to be de-encrypted with the appropriate KMS key. And we'll go into that in a little bit more detail as well. So just to review, these are the five services that we support since launch, starting with Elastic File Systems, EFS, then moving on to Elastic Block Storage, EBS, going to RDS for databases, DynamoDB, and ending with Storage Gateway for some of our on-premises workloads. So if you look on the leftmost column, those are some common features. You'll notice things that I've already covered, like automatic backup schedules, retention management, centralized monitoring logging, lifecycling to cold, and also independent backup encryption. And so you'll see across these five supported resources, right, EFS has the most comprehensive list of functionality. And so a quick explanation on why that is, is for the other four that are not RDS, you may have already noticed that prior to January, you could take automatic backups with RDS. You could also take automatic backups or snapshots with EBS through Data Lifecycle Manager, DLM. So what's different about that is we were the first purpose-built backup solution for EFS. And so hence, EFS backups sit within our own storage plane, which gives us a little bit more flexibility to provide additional functionality, like a custom encryption with your customer managed key, or a CMK, as well as tiering to cold. But of course, a lot of our customers, that not just those we've spoken to this week, but also throughout the life cycle of the service, have also asked for additional functionality for the four other services that you don't see here today. And of course, love to entertain those questions after this presentation, and even afterwards through email, happy to do further deep dives. So moving to security and compliance, how do we make sure that your backups are secure and also compliant? Well, one way is we have a central repository for all of the logs, um, via CloudTrail that you can see what's going on with your backups. Next, we have simplified backup scheduling. So not just, for example, frequency, but we also give you the ability to set up a backup window, right? So if you're running your business from the hours of nine to six, well, then you may not want to take backups during those time window, right? You might want to take backups then between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., and that is totally possible through setting our backup plan. And then lastly, being able to set up a single backup plan across multiple resources. So one of the favorite examples that uh, our customers like to hear is for the customers who use tags with their resources, everything that they tag mission critical, well, if your backup plan also has that tag, we'll automatically back that up. And in case, Ashley, we don't want to steal Jason's thunder because one of the demos he's going to walk us through is how to use a CloudFormation template to leverage tag-based backups for DynamoDB tables. And so, again, covering the encryption and security across three of those major categories are all of our backups support uh, KMS encryption. And what that means is when you create your backup plan, we will also create a service-managed KMS key for you. And it's only with that key in that account can you decrypt and access your recovery points. With EFS, as I mentioned, we allow a little bit more flexibility, which means that if you have your own KMS key that you would like us to use, 
we have the ability to do that. And then lastly, user-based and also resource-based <coughs> specific access policies via IAM. And so just to review, identity-based policies for granular controls. So that controls what account users can do. So for example, we, if you use our service, you'll see two uh, common service managed rules. One of those being backup admin, right? So very similar to uh, what a lot of us are familiar with coming from the backup world, right? You can create backups, you can also mutate backups. So in contrast with backup operator, mutating backups will not be possible. And so that's how we separate those privileges. Common question I get asked there is, well, what if I want to use my custom role? Well, you absolutely can. So then that goes into a little bit more nuance, which is if you use your custom role, there are quite a few permissions, IAM permissions, that you will need to attach to that custom role in order for us to be successfully able to use that role to take backups of different resource types. Um, and then, as I mentioned before, resource-based roles. So uh, using individual, uh, for individual vaults, you'll have the ability to get down into even more granular level with who can access you know, certain resources based on their identity. And so um, going over you know, granular access, there's also granular permissions, different notifications. So recently in October, we had an SNS notifications enhancement. So not only can you get notified if your backup job failed, but you also get the chance to get notified if, for example, your backup job was completed and it changed state to either success or fail. Uh, <clears throat> for example, built-in protection. So that will also be another demo that my co-presenter Jason will go through, which is, hey, if I create, let's say, an EBS volume snapshot with AWS backup, can I delete that backup from the EC2 console? And the answer is no, right? Backups are by design meant to be segregated from that production workload. And so from a high-level architecture, we're just used uh, region US uh, West One, which is one of our most popular regions here to explain how this exactly works. So starting with the first five resources that we protect, EBS, RDS, DynamoDB, Storage Gateway, EFS, right? We have AWS backup that serves as that control or that orchestrator for the four services that already have backups. And once we take those backups, uh, we create a backup vault, which is a logical container that is encrypted, as I mentioned before, with a KMS key, or in the ca case of EFS, you can use your own custom managed key. And we keep that separate from the source services for your added protection. And so moving to customer use cases, right? So who are the customers that have used our service and what do they have to say? So starting from Santos, um, they were able to increase their productivity uh, and also decrease the number of hours that they needed to run their service. And so prior to that, as many of the customers that we've spoken to this week, they had an in-house solution that they scripted. And so going to scripting, actually, there are many ways that you can interact with AWS Backup. So not just the console, but we actually make all of our APIs open and available. So currently there are over 40 APIs. And so what customers have done previously is also script their own in-house solution. And what 
our mantra or our tenants are is to make our managed service as easy to use as possible so that way rather regardless if you're using us through the CLI or via the console you have the same experience. So that said, I'd love to turn it over to Jason to talk about his experience in Rackspace. Great, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Nancy. Um, so at Rackspace, uh, you know, as managed service provider, we had a huge challenge with the thousands of customers we have in AWS, how to figure out how to do a lot of backups with a lot of different technologies. We had a lot of cookie cutter and automated processes that the AWS backup services helped us tremendously with our customers and provide an actual structure to backups, which is really great. So. Um, yeah, so you know, it was before we had a lot of custom code, we had a lot of custom environments. How many of you folks are using AWS Backup now? Okay, how many of you folks have been using EFS for the past year and a half or two? All right, so you know, with EFS, like you know, there was this whole cookie cutter way of going about it, making a backup, running a cron, pushing it to an S3 bucket. You know, there was a variety of ways you could do it, like backing it up or pushing it to a local EBS volume and, and creating a lifecycle policy therein. So AWS, back, AWS Backup Service tremendously helps this process for us. It's pretty significant. Um, so I'm going to run through some demos, um, and we're going to kind of just talk through all of the steps. For those of you that have experienced AWS Backup via the console, this shouldn't be new to you. Uh, we're also going to do CloudFormation, which should be pretty fun. Um, so let's get started. So um, let's just make sure we have a good terminology understanding here. So we have the backup plan, we have the backup vault, right? So the backup plan is like, you know, like tagging of resources, all the components in, in, the, in scope here. We have the backup vault, which would effectively be the volumes that we're gonna be producing as a backup. Um, you know, we can do, we can run on-demand backups. So let's say you just committed some good code or, or created a new database, you just wanna kick off that backup, you have the, the capability of doing so from the console as well from CLI and API. Uh, resource assignments, right? So, you know, additional tagging, additional information. Um, and then there's additional com components here with recovery point objectives, uh, restore, the back of vault access policies, um, which is effectively IM, effectively, and then our RTO uh, points. And, and a lot of the RPO and RTO and SLA values are, are generally something that we need to like really capture from our clients and our understanding from our business and decision makers. So let's go ahead and, and, and get started here. So um, with the backup plan, you know, it allows us for, the, for us to you know, effectively operationalize and create a backup strategy with, with a single plan and document, right? So you know, we, we create the backup plan, we create the rules, we assign the resources to it, uh, and it's all done through the, the GUI, which we'll start with here. So on the AWS console, you just type in AWS backup, and you pretty much get started. So we just create a new, new plan. We have existing plans, and you can also create a plan via uh, JSON. Moving to step two, uh, we're basically defining all of our components here. So we had our, our rule name, uh, our schedule, you know, what the frequency would look like, uh, you know, if we want to use backups or customized backup windows, lifecycle, uh, how long to transition to cold storage, say a glacier or, or another, you know, less frequent access uh, storage medium when to expire the backups, and then you know, choosing a vault, right? So we can actually select where all this goes. Um, so with the APIs, we can do everything you do in the console, but you can script it out and do it all via API, as you can imagine, right? So there's, there's more than 40 API actions available today, more on the way. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely utilizing that pretty heavily with our automation here at Rackspace. 
All right, let's jump in. So we have a pre-recorded video that Nancy put together. So we're going to jump into that, and hopefully the, the, the video and the audio is going to work out for us. In this demo, we will be using AWS CloudFormation to create a DynamoDB table, which we will then backup with AWS Backup. To do so, the CloudFormation template that we will use will first create a DynamoDB table. In addition to that, it'll create a backup vault and a backup plan, which will target that DynamoDB table. So to get started, we'll first create a KMS key. The KMS key will be used to encrypt the resources that belong to the backup vault that we'll be creating. The backup vault that we're creating will refer to this KMS key over here uh, as its encryption key. Next, a backup plan will be associated with the backup vault. This backup plan will specify a schedule during which to take a backup. Uh, in this particular case, we've set it at 22 hours UTC, which corresponds to 2 p.m. PST. The name for that particular expression uh, will be called rule for daily backups. Next, we will be specifying the role. The role will be associated with a selection that actually specifies which resources to be backing up. In terms of how we'll do selections for our backup, we'll be using a tag-based selection policy. The tag-based selection policy makes use of the backup role that we specified, and it'll match resources whose tags have a key of backup and has value of daily. Lastly, we define the Dynamo table resource that'll get created. And that the tags that are specified here have a key of backup and a value of daily. Once this template is executed, we should expect to have a backup vault and a backup plan, which has a selection that'll be targeting this DynamoDB table. And this backup should happen at 2 p.m. PST. Let's actually go ahead and apply this template and see the resources that are created. As we can see here, right now there are no DynamoDB tables. There are a couple keys that are not associated with the workflow we're about to start. And when you go to AWS Backup, you'll see that there's the default backup vault, but no plans and no protected resources. Let's go ahead and create that CloudFormation stack. I'm going to upload the template file that we just created in Sublime called backupplan.yaml. The name of my stack will be InventDemo. As far as configuration options go, I'm going to leave all the defaults. Let's go ahead and create that stack. CloudFormation will chug through the resource creation. We'll monitor this. As you can see now, the CloudFormation stack is completed. Let's go and inspect the resources that were created. If you go back and check DynamoDB, we see that a test DynamoDB table was created. In our KMS customer managed keys, we see that an additional KMS key was created as per the CloudFormation template. Lastly, in AWS Backup, we see that Backup Vault with daily backups was created. In addition to that, a backup plan was created. The backup plan specifies a tag-based backup selection, which targets resources that have a key of backup and a value of daily as specified in the CloudFormation template. We also note that the rule 
for this backup plan has a frequency of daily at 10 p.m. UTC, which translates to 2 p.m. PST. As of right now, there are no protected resources. Next, we'll be waiting for 2 p.m. to get the resource to actually back up. It is now past 2, and if we go to protected resources, we'll now see that test table is under protected resources. We can also see the job uh, for that particular resource that was completed. When we click into test table, we can see the recovery point that AWS backup took. We can also see the same view from the backup vaults page. Thank you. All right, and there we have it. So uh, to, add, to expand on this a little bit more, obviously for a large MSP like Rackspace, we do a lot of nested, um, nested uh, CloudFormation templates, and we also write all this as, out as variables so that when we're writing, a, we're starting from our template, all of, all of the devices are pretty much pre-set pre, uh, pre, pre to, to become a part of a backup plan. So, so it's, there's a lot of great things you can do with CloudFormation there in an automated uh, capacity. So let's talk about the security, uh, securing our backups that we create. Um, so with AWS Backup, we can obviously secure our backups. You can use uh, you know, KMS or your, you know, the hardware uh, key, you know, crypto key management uh, technologies that are on AWS. So obviously we can limit access, we can prevent deletion, we can create values uh, to, to separate separation of permissions. Um, you know, without, we set the backups to not be deleted without native services being protected. And then we also can also wire everything in with SNS for notification purposes. Um, so, you know, here's just a list of all the snapshots taken by AWS um, you know, versus the source service, right? So this is, you know, just a listing, say, of like a long running list of, of snapshots. And when we, and this is just to kind of run through like a possible deletion scenario here. Uh, so say we, we select this backup and we want to delete it, Let's, we're gonna get an error, right? So this is gonna prevent, uh, this is gonna prevent unauthorized users and, and those that, are, that have access to the console that don't have permission to these backups to prevent them from deleting the backups effectively, so. All right, uh, let's go a little bit deeper into securing backups here. All right, so what we can do here is we can check the backup vaults to see all the recovery points that are secured within, right? So this is just gonna be under backup vaults in our default view here. This is gonna show all of our backup vaults. And then obviously we can always capture all the access policies as JSON, um, you know, to, to quickly recan it if you would like. And then we can, let's, let's try to delete the recovery point here we really want, of course, let's see. And access denied, right? So just another example of the protections that we can put in place to prevent all of the backups on an AWS backup service. All right, I'm gonna hand it back over to Nancy for the vision roadmap. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Jason, for walking us through all those uh, use cases. And of course, there's so many more uh, that with uh, time we're able to go through. But if you have questions around, you know, how does AWS AWS backup work with these other resources or a, uh, SNS notifications, which we didn't go through in the demo, you know, feel free to ask us after the session or we're happy to uh, have a call with you afterwards.
So moving into you know, some of our vision as well as roadmap, we are live in 18 regions today. So which is no small feat for a service that just launched in January, which means that if you're looking to have some of that failover capability or uh, regional isolation, we have uh, all of our major spots in EMEA, uh, as you can see, APAC, uh, North America, of course, um, as well as our newest location um, in Sao Paulo in South America. And uh, with our mission is to protect all stateful services that reside on AWS. And so, of course, we're going to cover some of our near roadmap items um, up to January today with our pre-announcements during reInvent. But of course, down the road, if you think of maybe some of your more um, other databases or caches or et cetera, the best way is to work with your account managers to make sure that we get those prioritized and we can also then communicate a date to you all for when that will be delivered. And so pre-announcements, uh, going through some of the things that we're going to bring in January. As I mentioned, we started out with covering five services. So in January, one of the pre-announcements is item level recovery for EFS. So previous to this feature, if you wanted to recover a single folder or a directory or a file within your EFS file system, it would require a full restore. With this, if you're able to specify the relative path off the map point uh, on your EFS file system, we'll be able to deliver that to you. So a much smaller RTO and also a more seamless experience. Secondly, in January, EC2 instance backup recovery. So of course, we already protect EBS volumes today, but with EC2 instances, we protect all of the underlying EBS volumes that are attached to a running instance, as well as the AMI details and running configuration, so that when you restore, it is a much more efficient process. And then lastly, but very much not least, one of our top requested features that we are delivering in January uh, in about a month is cross-region backups. So the ability to copy your backups from source to a target region at the time that you define your backup plan. So as Jason walked you through in the console or via scripting, you can determine all the backup windows, schedule, frequency. You will also be able to add a copy rule for your backups for cross-region um, <coughs> DR or backup isolation. In addition to that, regional rollouts. So as you saw, we are live in 18 commercial regions today. We also want to work on uh, bringing you China regions. So the two China regions uh, in BJS and ZHY will be coming in Q1. And then we will also target GovCloud um, in first half of next year for our government customers. And so here are just a few more details of what is coming up in these pre-announcements. So item level recovery for our EFS. So what that does, you know, more granular restores, uh, lower TCO because you are then paying for a much smaller amount of data that you're recovering. And then also um, the ability to protect and uh, maintain a faster SLA for recovery times. Second pre-announcement and a little bit more detail is coordinating the backup and restore of entire EC2 instances. So believe today there's about 37, uh, 38 configuration uh, details that you need to 
get an EC2 instance up and running. And so we will back those up and also restore that to you at the time uh, that you want to restore your EC2 instance backups. One note there is just like we do tagging, so if you have tags on your EBS volume that say mission critical, that match the tag on your backup plan that also says mission critical, we back up those EBS volumes. Likewise, if you're tagging your EC2 instances with that same tag, we will then also back them up as well with the backup plan that has the matching tag. So all the same tag-based backups will also work with this feature. And then lastly, as I mentioned, the ability to copy your backups from source region to target region. Uh, we will support all of our uh, resources except for DynamoDB. And the reason for that is DynamoDB is still uh, coming out with their cross-region copy functionality. But RDS, EFS, Storage Gateway, um, and EBS will all be supported in version one of cross-region uh, backups. Um, so with that said, thank you so much for your time. Would love to open it up to any questions that you have about the service, about any of the demos that you've seen. Yeah? Great. We have uh, some mics. Uh, sure. If you would come up or yell really loudly. Can you copy, Can you copy backups uh, to a separate account? <laughs> That's a great question. So starting off with a, a feature request. Uh, not at the moment. So that is something I, I can't commit to a date right now, but we are absolutely looking at that because one of the uh, reasons customers have asked us for cross-region backups is for DR, for compliance. Many customers have the need to have their backups either geographically separated. So continuing along that thread to have that isolation in between different accounts that a customer might, might have in case account gets compromised. So if you're interested in that, uh, I have my uh, Amazon email. Love to chat with you afterwards, uh, get your requirements, and then be able to communicate with you when that feature is closer to delivery. Please? You had mentioned that uh, encryption could use KMS, and I'm wondering how do, you, uh, how do you back up the keys that you would need to restore things that were backed up with those keys? Sure, so with, uh, with KMS keys, AWS Backup does not um, sort of transfer or copy the keys. We will require that on the behalf of the customer that the KMS key is located in that account in order to decrypt that backup vault. Uh, but, however, if that's something you're looking for, uh, we are having conversations uh, with internal key, uh, key uh, management teams within Amazon to see how we might provide that service functionality. So for the, uh, the cross-region copy, uh, cross-region backup, how do you manage the KMS key for the two different accounts? Are you encrypting the, uh, on the target with the, the KMS key of the target account? And also, um, how would you restore the cross-region backup to the source, uh, source account? Yeah, that is a great question. And uh, I would love to have uh, Chris actually, Schilling, who's the lead PM on my team, walk you through that scenario. So as I mentioned, the KMS key is uh, specific to a certain account. And so when you're doing cross-region backups, let's say you set up a copy rule to a target region. In that target region, we will, just like in your source region, create a backup vault for you with a default service manage key. And so we don't copy keys. If each key is specific to that account. 
So the restorer, we will need to, um, on, the, on behalf of the customer, make sure that the key that is specific to that backup vault is present in the account when you do that restore. Yeah, so in the source account, we will need to make sure that the KMS key that is encrypting the backup vault in that source account is available for you to do that restore. Yeah, go ahead. Hi, so I have a question um, specific to the backing up of the EBS storage. So how is it natively different from doing um, an, an actual snapshot in terms of keeping track of Delta um, as you keep more snapshots. For example, if I have a vault and I'm doing AWS backup, but at the same time, um, right before I do a major release, I do a manual snapshot, does the manual snapshot take into the account that there is already a chain of data accumulated with a backup, or it literally, let's say a four terabyte of, of uh, EBS, it'll just create another four terabyte of EBS snapshot along whatever AWS backup is doing? Sure, so we are incremental forever by design. And so let's say if you had a backup policy that would take daily backups, right? First backup would be full, then incremental thereafter. If you initiate an on-demand backup, we will still use the last checkpoint. So, but to the customer, when you go into our backup vault and see the list of recovery points, all of those recovery points will still appear as fulls to you, depending on which recovery point or day that you choose to restore from. Well, I guess my question is, what if you take a snapshot outside of the backup just by right-clicking and taking a snapshot of the EBS volume? Is that going to create a different chain uh, outside of the uh, backup service? Yes. If it's not with AWS backup, then it will be different. Yeah. It's, and, it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's its own delta, effectively. Can you elaborate uh, more on the restore process? I think ask about the question about the CMK. So we are, we are taking uh, backup for the Aurora database, but we don't know whether the re recovery process, you know, restore process works on that or not. And I think we have the same question for CMK. Can you elaborate more on that? Yes, so Aurora is also something that we are, we are considering. Um, I cannot provide a date or a commitment yet into when that will be available. Um, but for example, if we use RDS instances and recovery as an example, um, that unlike EFS, where we can use a custom managed key, that means when AWS backup through our backup plan or on-demand backups creates an RDS backup for you. Um, we will then also have that, uh, just like in the demo, a service-managed KMS key. So uh, if that's, again, another feature request, I'm happy to take that down and let you know when that would be available. Uh, for EFS, is it point-in-time restore or it's only for essentially lost folders? So if you delete something, then you can restore it or I can roll back to a particular time? Um. Sure, so uh, let me make sure I, I'm answering what you have in mind for point-in-time restore. So for EFS backups, um, we, uh, it's not a snapshot, we crawl the file system, um, but we do it via an internal API, so it does not impact the IOPS um, or production uh, workload that you're running on your EFS system. What we do with item level uh, recovery is for the specific path that you indicate, which could either be to a folder or a file, we will restore that item if it's found to you. That means the full restore option is still available. So all of the, let's say, daily or weekly backups that you're taking of your EFS file systems will still be available to you in your backup vault. 
then maybe to clarify for me, so if I modify the file and I request it to restore it, I will get restore like for my previous backup. That is correct. So the process will be you pick a recovery point, mm -hmm. right, that contains the item that you may have, let's say, accidentally deleted, right, from, let's say, last Tuesday. Once you select that recovery point, then we will ask for the path. And so once you indicate the path and assuming we can find it, then the f item is from that point in time that we took the backup. Okay, yep. thank you. Hey, uh, so DynamoDB has its own point in time recovery uh, feature, right? Uh, so we own a couple of DynamoDB tables and we have enabled that feature on DynamoDB. Our use case is simply that if in case we somehow accidentally delete that table, we'll have a recovery point. Uh, so for this use case, would you recommend us to move to uh, AWS backup or just the point in time recovery feature of DynamoDB should be okay? It, it depends on what your use case is. So right now for DynamoDB and RDS um, instances, we take full on-demand backups. So with DynamoDB, uh, with point in time, it's like a running window, at which point in time, if you think of our on-demand backup, it is just like, for example, checkpoints in time. Okay. Uh, if you're looking for more granular backups and restores, I recommend um, continuing with point in time recovery, which does have a 35-day limit. Uh, with us, we do not have that retention limit. However, we do take full on-demand backups. Um, that is one of our also top requested customer features. And so we're in conversations with Dynamo and also Aurora and RDS teams to, to see when we can make that happen. Thanks. Yeah, um, how, for, for large AWS orgs with hundreds of accounts, can you centralize backups Is there, and see this on all single pane? Absolutely, I feel like I planted that question. So it's not one of our pre-announcements, uh, but I can say that it's something we are, we are considering and working on. Um, and you know, if, if you're under NDA with your TAM, we'd be happy to share some of the work that we're doing on this feature. Uh, so <coughs> I, uh, there's AWS organizations that a lot of our customers use to manage the hierarchy or different business units within their larger enterprise. And so we are thinking about leveraging that as a mechanism for which to map out different organizations to provide you that single pane of glass. So um, I can say it's something we are actively considering. Cool, excellent, thanks. Yeah. Any other questions? You guys are a quiet crowd. Oh, one more. Do you mind stepping up to the mic just so folks can, can hear us? Yeah, so how firm this dates? How? Uh, <laughs> uh, I can say for the first three, they are, as my colleague jokes, uh, tattooed on our wrist. It okay. is, I can say with uh, 80 to 90% confidence. In fact, actually, while uh, my product management team was here this week, uh, we have finished uh, more advanced stages of deployment. And so that's why we have added a month to those features. And will it be J or pre-J? Yes. Okay. Uh, one thing is we have been asked uh, during our customer meetings this week is if you're under NDA with us or have a TAM, what we can do is whitelist your account. We'll need your account ID and be able to, uh, to provide an endpoint to you. And what that means is, you know, obviously recommend you not to use your production data, though you can do what you want, uh, what you want with, uh, with those resources and, and you can test out our features in beta. Is there any plans for cold storage for the EBS volumes? 
That is a great question, and I wish my EBS counterpart was here as well. So as you can see, AWS Backup is a managed service that covers uh, quite a few services, and that number of services is only going to grow over time. Uh, the short TLDR answer is absolutely. It is also one of our top requested features, and that requires a collaboration between AWS Backup team and also the EBS team, since we, we do not share the same storage layer. So as, as I mentioned, for the other four services, they have their own storage layer, and we are the uh, orchestration mechanism. For EFS, because we provide that deeper level integration, we do offer tiering. So, Something we're considering, uh, if you can ask your TAM to file a PFR, plus one to that, we will prioritize that accordingly. One last question, also the cross-site, uh, copying across regions, is that gonna be paying the same network cost for transferring data, or is there a special thing with them? With sure, that? so <laughs> as it's GA, uh, not yet GA, uh, I can't confirm specific pricing details. However, what I can say is, we are uh, using an internal copy mechanism to copy your, uh, backups from one region to another. So it will be a one-time copy cost. How do you differentiate uh, the backup, the standard backup, like most of the RDS comes with its own snapshotting, right? In the regular, you can take periodic snapshots. So how do you differentiate that using the backup processes? So if, let me just iterate your question. How do, does AWS Backup differentiate our backup offering from sources or services that offer their own native backups? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. In fact, uh, as I mentioned, EBS volumes, very popular uh, storage medium. Of course, a lot of our customers use sometimes Data Lifecycle Manager to take EBS uh, volume snapshots. It also has a schedule. So typically what we say is if you're looking for that central backup, uh, managed backup experience, similar to, uh, not you know, dissimilar to what you have currently with some of our backup partners who are actually building functionality now using AWS Backup APIs, is AWS Backup would be the platform for you. If you're looking for additional functionality, let's say specific to EBS or RDS that we do not offer today, then it might be a, <coughs> excuse me, uh, recommended methodology to continue with that native service until we bring future parity. But our tenant is really to provide data protection across multiple AWS services, so that way you have centralized logging, monitoring, um, and as we bring out additional functionality like compliance reporting, that's where you get some of that more traditional backup experience with AWS Backup. I may have to ask you again to go to the microphone, if that's okay. So this is not related to maybe to new feature. Uh, for EBS backups, uh, is it subject to the same amount of concurrent snapshots? Or like, does it do snapshots? And is it the same limits for concurrency if you do them through AWS backup? So we are actively working with, uh, so for example, we recently worked with the RDS team to increase that limit because there was also a limit there. And what we found was actually uh, customers were taking more backups of their RDS instances through AWS backup than with uh, RDS. And so we are also seeing similar patterns there. And so if you are hitting that limit, definitely let us know. And what we're doing right now is a case-by-case uh, limit um, exception. So technically it's separate from standard EBS snapshots concurrency limits. We are considering them separately. That is correct. Got it. Thank you. 
Any other questions? Going once. All right. Well, I hope to see you guys all at replay tonight. If you have any questions that you might not have you know, thought about or wanted to ask, uh, my email is below. I'd love to just hear feedback from you as you use our service. Oftentimes, the most vocal customers who are giving us feedback uh, often find their features in the next iteration. So thank you all so much again for coming on a Thursday. Thank you. Thank you, Jason.